Well, it's good to be back. We missed you last week. Uh, trust that uh, we heard that you had a great time, and uh, that's fantastic. Um, we'll have to go away more. <laughs> but no, it's, it's great to be back. It's always good to be on holiday, uh, but it's also uh, good to be home, because for us, this is family. And um, for me, it's just great just to, to sort of look out. Um, and we've got 60 chairs out. And just what God has done um, over the last, you know, three years that we've been here. Um, Les and Dot left just three and a half years ago. And uh, we moved to a Sunday um, three years ago at the beginning of September. And there was um, about 12 of us, uh, a couple of them sitting on the front row. Um, but there was a number, just over a small number of us. And what God has done um, over these last three years. And the scriptures and, and the message that God's given me is actually twofold today. Um, I'm going to give you two messages in one. That's, there you go. Um, Isaiah 58, um, first. And I'm going to read just from verse 6 to 9. Um, because this is a week where we, in a sense, believe God has given, uh, wants us to give this week to him. Um, for reasons which I will explain a little bit later. But God wants us to make sure that we've got everything in the right place personally, but also corporately before he can release us into the next steps but this scripture you've probably read it many times when it talks about fasting um, and it says this Isaiah 58 and I'm going to read from verse 6 is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will shine, uh, will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. Um, uh, the whole scripture is very good, but I just want to um, very quickly go through um, just this scripture with you. Um, because for me, fasting is important. In the Old Testament, fasting uh, was something um, that everybody seemed to do. And, and Jesus and his disciples, um, when Jesus was around, they didn't fast, but Jesus very, very clearly said to his disciples, when I'm with you, uh, you will not need to fast, but when I go, then you will need to um, fast. Fast for us is to go without food. Uh, you can fast other things as well, but to fast food is, is what the biblical term is. It basically is, means to shut your mouth. Um, and to close your mouth is the actual word fasting in Hebrew. And, you know, so it is about food. And we've got charts, we've got forms at the back so that you can fill in so that 
you're missing a meal. Why not because you're just missing food? It's so that you can spend that same time in prayer, that you can give God more time. But in a sense, God wants us to be fasting all the time. Fasting our lives so that we're fully engaged with him. And if you just read this scripture, what is the list of things that God says that a fast should achieve? It should achieve to loose the bonds of wickedness. That's the first thing that it mentions here, to loose the bonds of wickedness. That can be things that in your own personal life that there's, you know, you don't describe it as wickedness, but you know that there's areas of weakness in your life that sometimes are holding you back from fulfilling all that God has planned for you because it's like you're taking two steps forward and then one step back. But there's also sometimes wickedness around us. We want to see justice in our nation. And there's sometimes wickedness that we need to release, but it's what God does when we give him our first. It says, seek first the kingdom of God, doesn't it? And his righteousness and everything else will be added. So we've got to get everything in priority, God's order. We've got to be led by the spirit on all occasions so that we can then fulfill his plan and purpose. It says then to undo the heavy burdens. If you feel burdened today by anything around you, then God wants to, through any period of fasting, which God wants us to do all the time, then that needs to be seen that we're undoing a burden. Why? Because we're giving God the space. And as you can go on, it says to set free, to let the oppressed go free. This is not just us. This is about the world that we live in. God wants us to be part of this bringing freedom into other people's lives. It goes on to say to break every yoke. Um, it goes in, in another scripture in Psalms. It says to break the yoke of the oppressor. The enemy is wanting to hold down. He wants to stop us, but also wants to stop our nation achieving what he has purpose for our nation. To share your bread with the hungry. This is what the true fast that we've just read is about. So it's not ignoring those people who are poor amongst us. The poor that we see on the street. And again, we, it's not that suddenly, you know, you, you can feed every single person who we see on the street. But God does not want us to neglect them. God wants us to see them. And reach out to them in whatever way is needed. It says to, to, to share your bread with the hungry. Then it says um, to gather. You bring to your house the poor who are cast out. Now this is not just sometimes it's financial. It's sometimes people who are lonely. They're poor in friendships and you know, in, in company. It may be people in your street that are so lonely that you could invite into your home so that they are not poor in that particular area of their life anymore. So please don't see poor as poverty, lack of food. Poor can be in so many different ways, poor spiritually. And we know that there's many rich people who are poor spiritually. There is a poverty in their heart because they have 
no knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then it goes to cover when you see the naked, then cover him. And then it goes on to care, not to hide away. These are some principles of the tithe, uh, of fasting that God talks about. So please, this, it's not just about food, but this is a lifestyle that God wants us as a church to, to be part of all the time, 24-7. That these are the sort of mindsets that God wants us to have so that we can truly break free into every area. And then it says in verse 8 and 9, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. There's so many promises when we do it God's way, when we have the true fast of our heart in the way that God is just described, then there's benefits in kind. Those benefits in calendar are just what I've just read. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your life will be transformed in the way that God wants your life to be transformed so that you make a difference in the world that God's placed you. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. That we don't have long periods of sickness personally but also in the world and the people that we're touching, that we're seeing the power of God transform the lives of people. This is the scripture. This is not me. This is what God wants, what I believe God intends. I don't want any prolonged sickness in the body here, the family here. I don't. I don't want to see anyone with prolonged sickness. I want to see people healed here. And I want people to be healed in the world that God takes you. Because there's nothing stopping you releasing the power of God where you are. And your righteousness shall go before you. You will be a person of integrity and people will see that you're a person of integrity. People will know that he's a man of integrity. She's a woman of integrity. She keeps her word. What she says, she will do. Or he will do. These are the things that God will release in and through us because of these very words. And then the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Wow. We don't have to be looking backwards. We can be looking forwards because we know God's protecting our rear guard. Scripture's actually quite clear that we don't look back. We've got to be looking forward into the next adventure God has for us. And the next piece of scripture, part two of this message, um, will be um, all about looking forward. But God genuinely wants us to look forward because we know that he is our rear guard. We believe that he's our rear guard. So we don't have to con be concerned about what's following us because all of the other things have been aligned with his plan and purpose. If we are concerned about something following us, then we need to deal with those things so that we can move forward into all of that God has for us. Then you, will, you shall call and the Lord will answer. How many of us want to see our prayers answered so much more quickly? 
and my thoughts. <laughs> because I do. I, I, you know, sometimes you pray and pray and pray over certain things again and again and again. And it's just like, Lord, you're God Almighty. I know you're hearing us. But I want to see those answers released so much more quickly in all different areas of our life, whether it's finance, whether it's jobs, whether it's health, whether it's just seeing people transformed by the power of the gospel, see family members coming to the Lord. And I just want to encourage you to go through that list yourself and just work through in prayer over this coming week what those means for each one of you. That's Isaiah chapter 58. Verse 6 to 9, and that's all in there, that list of things, what a true fast is, and just saying, Lord, do whatever you need to do in my heart, my life, to apply to that. My second message this morning goes on for three hours, no, no. (laughs) Isaiah 54. Again, it's another scripture that lots of people use. Um, in many different ways. But let me read a few verses um, from here. In verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispose nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid, you will not be put to shame. Do not be fear disgrace, you will not be humiliated. And then it just goes on and on. Again, all, all important. But I just want to go through some of the words that we've just read there and just break down um, for a little while. Because God's brought us into this place. Um, We've only been here three weeks in this building. and We're just getting too used to how it works. And I'm just delighted to see so many chairs filled and so few empty. And we can get another 30 chairs in here, 30, 40 chairs. So we have plenty of space to grow. Um, but we are enlarging. God is enlarging. And that's the first word I want to, to really... Um, concentrate on because I don't want it just to be in a physical space I really believe God wants us to enlarge us ourselves spiritually this is about us corporately but this is also about us individually praying to God and saying Lord enlarge the capacity my capacity enlarge the the place of my tent so that I'm allowing you to dwell in me in a different way that we're not just playing church, we're not just going through the run of um, our Christian walk, our Christian journey, but we're allowing God to bring the enlargement. I've been enlarging food from the France trip, Um, but spiritually speaking, we need to always say, God, just enlarge my capacity. I don't want to get complacent I want to ensure that there is spiritual growth taking place. And, you know, if, if I did wait, um, I would be expecting my muscles to start rippling in the six-pack that 
I already have that you can't see. Uh, but you know, you, you see when you're building and pumping iron that you're expecting a growth physically, aren't you, Lenny? You know, spiritually speaking, we need to be thinking the same way, is that when we read the word, when we're praying, when we're engaging with God, um, even in this morning, when we worship in God, God just reminded me that, you know, when we're truly worshiping him, we're in the audience of one. He's the audience. Nobody else. He's the one that we're worshiping. Nobody else. The audience of one. But within that, it's like, Lord, I'm expecting growth and development. I'm expecting a maturing of my spirituality. So I'm wanting to see something enlarging of my capacity in my spiritual journey. So again, looking to ensure that there is a biggest perspective on not just the church in the physical realm, but also spiritually that you're expecting that enlargement to be taking place. That, that is in the spiritual world, but I do believe also in your workplaces that there needs to be an expectation that there's an enlargement. Maybe some of you will get promotions because there's an enlargement taking place, but there's an expectation of enlargement. So again, think big. Dream big. Don't settle. That was one of those situations where, you know, the children of Israel began to settle. And in, in, when they settled, they started to uh, get enticed by what was around them. God doesn't want us to settle. He doesn't mind us resting. That's different. But he doesn't want us to settle. He wants us to continually see that enlarging taking place, that dreaming big, thinking big in many, many different capacities. And obviously it's thinking from a God perspective too. We need to make God bigger. We need to make God bigger in our lives. Often, so many of us, and I'm including myself, we, we see God as a small G rather than a big G. And so from a faith point of view, our, our expectation is little, not large. I'm challenged because I, I do want to see a lot more people healed immediately. Now, again, it's God who heals and it's God's sovereign, sovereignty in that sort of sense. But I'm longing to see things like that happening, not just on a Sunday, but every day of the week. Enlarging expectation. Not seeing God with a small g, but seeing God who is able to do incredible things as and when i heard a, a testimony yesterday and this is this is what i want i want it to be my testimony i'm not wanting just to be continually sharing other people's testimonies but i just heard that there was a a, a gentleman who was on the mission field and 
in the mission field, he um, was wanting to uh, see God impact the Muslim world. And it was finding it really difficult. There seems to be quite a lot of opposition. And he was then invited to um, speak to a chief who was a Muslim. And as soon as he saw this chief, he saw that he was ill. And there was no other Christian apart from one or two other people who traveled with him. But there was loads of other Muslims within the room. Uh, but he saw that as, uh, thank you, Father, for this great opportunity to show your grace. So immediately he sort of said, can I pray for your chief? Um, because I believe my God can heal him. And he had that faith because he didn't see God with a small G. He saw him as with a big God. And so therefore he stepped out in a Muslim scenario and healed that particular gentleman. Now, during the, the particular conference, they didn't see real breakthrough until right at the end when he heard the story about these Muslims who were not prepared to come actually into the meeting, but they were standing outside listening to the messages and outside of the meeting were getting completely, basically the Holy Spirit filled them um, and they became Christians outside of the meeting place. Why? Because of an obedience and an understanding that God is a big God, not a small God. So, again, for me, in this new season, God wants us to not think of our God with a small capacity, but a God with a great big capacity, not just for us as a church, but also for you as an individual. This is for me about the enlarging of our place of our tent, but this is for you too, that you need to see an enlargement taking place in your own lives, in your own situations. Because we are believing that our God with a big, big G is at work on our behalf. So again, for me, this is all in, in this scripture. God is bigger than opposition. God is bigger than our crisis. God is bigger than disappointment. God is bigger than health challenges. God is bigger than financial problems. Whatever you're dealing with, God is bigger than that problem. That's why I believe that God is bringing this to us now because there is so many more things that God is wanting us to do and he wants us to think of him as great. Also stretching, it comes about, it talks about stretching. Stretch your tent curtains wide. In, in this particular thing, it involves, in a sense, any limits that we put on ourselves. Stretching sometimes can be a little bit uncomfortable, can't it? But God wants to stretch us, which means that it may be a little bit uncomfortable as God begins and continues this process. But I want to be stretched. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay 
settled. I don't want to stay just being church, a nice church. I want to stretch and become what God wants us to become. But also we need to understand that that's in your own personal world. That that stretching may be uncomfortable at different times. But not to put any limits on ourselves. Sometimes I think, you know, we can get into a role or a position in our workplace and we get comfortable with that. And I think just God's sort of saying, actually, no, I want to stretch you. I want you to become who I want you to become. And so don't limit yourself in any place that God places you. Stretch. It's uncomfortable at times, but it's also important that we follow through what God wants. Paul, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, says, I press on to reach the goal. It was like there was a, a real stretching. One of the things that you know by the Tour de France, anybody follow cycling? In the Tour de France, um, it's a three-week race, um, a bike race, and it's not often one on one, one race, uh, one, one day, but it, it's, it's over three weeks. But the big challenge is the mountains. And the person who is going to win the whole race has to be very good on mountains. That's where the stretching takes place within the Tour de France. And the winner normally comes from one of those people who do not mind putting themselves a little bit further from the others. It's a stretching. And again, for me, this is where God is saying, this is what I'm doing amongst you. I'm stretching you. We, it is a faith um, step for us to come here financially. But we're stretching. We're giving God the space to move and to, to, to speak to us in those ways. But it's important. And then it says, do not hold back. You need to overcome any fear. Perfect love drives out all fear. But sometimes we, as a group of people, don't step out because of fear. But God wants to break that. Because we're engaged with God, we're giving him the time, he then can speak to us, then we can step out and allowing that stretching. Allowing him to do what he needs to do in our life so that we're not holding back any longer because of fear or because of other situations that we're placing before and above the word of God. I don't want to do that in my own life. I don't want us to do that as a church. I want us to respond to everything that God is saying. So do not hold back. Um, so we need to actually ensure that that's not holding us back. Then it goes, lengthen your cords. Is to go further in output and effort. Going the extra mile is extra, not normal. Helena brought words regarding being led by the Spirit on every single situation and 
And she had the chairs out, didn't she? And it's important for us is that as a church that we are led by the Spirit. But we want to make sure that there's in the lengthening, um, that in that process that we're allowing the Lord and the Holy Spirit to lead us in each and every one of these situations. We want to do that as a church. I want to do that as individual. I want you guys to be doing that as individuals. Where you're allowing God to just take you the extra mile. He wants to, you to go a little further in that direction. Maybe it's in your prayer room. You might want that extra 15 minutes, that extra 20 minutes to do further. But that means that you may be having not to watch so much sport or, or something that you like to do that you're going a little bit further in that direction. We want to lengthen and we want to make sure that we lengthen the cord so that what God wants to do, what he has purposed for us individually but also corporately, we don't miss out because we're not prepared to go that extra and then the extra mile. It says strengthen. Strengthen your stakes. Now a stake is, is what we put in the ground. Obviously this is an analogy of a tent but you put a stake in the ground to hold something in place. And it says strengthen your cords. Now, you know, for me, it is strengthening our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in this situation. That we know and we, we, we constantly know who God has called us, who's chosen us. All of the amazing things that as believers in Christ, he has already done for us. So we strengthen those. We know who we are in Christ Jesus. We know what he's done on Calvary. We know the victory that he has won. So that we know that that is a stake in the ground that is immovable. It's not something that's shaken if something happens in the news. We shake. No, we know who we are. We know that we belong to Jesus Christ. We know we are his we know the Holy Spirit is in us. And so therefore, he's the one that's going to lead us and guide us in truth. We strengthen our state. We put it into the ground even further and firmer. We put in another hammer to make sure that it's not going to move with a bit of a of wind or a little bit of rain that stops things happening. You know... At faith camp, when we used to have camp in Peterborough, sometimes we heard that the wind was coming. So we used to get the hammers out and we used to nail down all the tent pegs. But if one was not put down properly and not hammered in properly, then wind could get underneath it and it could bring damage to the tent. Now, you know, God is a gracious God. He's a merciful God. And even when we possibly have left something open for the enemy to get into a situation or a circumstance, then God, through his grace, can bring another new peg so that we can then firm that into the ground, so that we hammer it in, so that we strengthen the cords around our lives and the life of this church 
So we need to ensure that we strengthen. And that obviously involves development of our character. Ensuring that for us, that we are not allowing any flapping to go on. Because we've left something open for the enemy to get into um, a particular area of our life. And we've got to make sure that that hap- doesn't happen as a church either. That we're open to the Holy Spirit, but we're closed to anything that the enemy wants to try and sow in to bring discourse. So in the strengthening process, we need to make sure that, okay, Lord, do whatever you need to do in my life to make sure there's nothing um, in my life. I heard something from Benny Hinn this week. And um, one of the things uh, Benny Hinn said, and uh, I'm not saying I agree with everything he says and does, but one of the things he says, he never wants to get to heaven and has to apologize for things that he said or done. And so he um, is publicly putting some things right that were actually off scripture. Um, it was an interpretation of scripture. And he has been publicly saying, I was wrong. Um, uh, this type of teaching in this um, particular area, it was actually to do with prosperity uh, gospel. It, this particular teaching is, was wrong um, in the way that he um, placed uh, prosperity teaching. And it was just something he was saying subconsciously, I don't want to get to glory and have to apologize for things in my life. So one of the things that for me is that when I look at this particular scripture and it talks about strength and the cords, I just want to make sure that there's nothing in my life that I'm going to have to apologize to the Lord for because I've left it flapping around because I've not put the stake in the ground in the correct way. These scriptures, you know, are are there for our learning, for for us. And, And as a church, I believe it's prophetic that We've enlarged the place of our tent by coming to this building, this, this venue. But there's also many other things that I believe God wants to do in and through us. And it's not just about this physical building. This is about us, you and me, part of the body of Christ in London. Where we, God doesn't want us to remain as we are or have been. But he wants us to go wider, further, beyond where we at this moment are currently at. And that's us individually as well. Where we are stretching, allowing God to do all of these processes in our lives. So that he can accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Where he places us, whether it's, you know, in Bath. You know, um, we're going to have to say goodbye to Ocean for a little while while she goes to university. But, you know, where God's planting you, it's going to be a stretching time for you, Ocean. It's going to be a time where, you know, you're going to have a lot of opportunities. And God wants you to really make sure that you put your stakes in the ground because he wants you to know who you are. And who you are can be... Here in London, it can be in Dartford, it can be in Bath. It doesn't matter where we are. We know actually who we are wherever we go because we belong to Jesus Christ. And 
you know, we need to be praying for Ocean that in um, these first weeks and months of a university that, you know, as she, <laughs> uh, God takes her into a spacious place, he's taking her into a new place, and that stretching is going to be going on in many different ways in her life, that we need to be praying that God will bring other people around so that she puts her stakes firmly in the ground so that God will continue to encourage her in some of the challenges that you know as university students you face. It's a stretching. And, you know, I, I believe it's a stretching time for all of us. I think there's things possibly going off in our, all of our lives that involves one of those processes that God is doing We've got a great big God who wants to do great things in your life, through our lives. He doesn't want us to think small. He wants us to think big. So again, please read those scriptures through yourself and, and just see what God speaks to you about enlargement, making God bigger, stretching, the fear any fear that is holding you back, lengthen your cords, making sure that you're not, in a sense, being complacent. But it's all of these things strengthen to ensure that whatever God has planned for us, we are firmly established in who he is. Just close your eyes, please. Just let God speak to you for a moment. For some, God's saying, do not let fear stop you from fulfilling your destiny. Don't let fear of man prevent you from stepping into your purpose that I have ordained. God's saying, I want to take you beyond your comfort zone. I want to stretch you.
But in that stretching, I believe God wants you to understand that he knows you far better than you know yourself. And when he initiates things in your lives, our lives, he knows what is needed in order to fulfill his purpose. I believe God's saying, I want you to welcome, I want you to welcome the stretching. I want to, you to welcome the enlargement of your place. Spiritually speaking, but I believe also for some it will be physically. Just let the Lord know what you are wanting here. Whether you're saying, Lord, whatever your process, whatever you want to do, do it. I welcome the enlargement, the expansion spiritually. And if that means physically too, then Lord, I'm in for it all. Let him hear your heart in all of these things. I believe God's saying this is not the time to hold back. But this is the time to walk forward. Because I promised to be your rear guard. So you don't have.